Welcome to the Elijah Streams podcast. Our mission is to encourage you in your faith through a unique blend of patriotism and prophecy. And now here's your host, Steve Schultz. Well, this is actually Friday, even though it says Tuesday behind me because we are taping a show on Tuesday. It happens to be 2.03 p.m. We're going to tape the show with Clay Clark so we can get him when, when we need him. And then that will be the Friday show when you're seeing this on Friday which means on the day that I'm, you're seeing this, I'll be telling you that Monday is uh, Johnny Enloe. So we're going to bring Clay on in just a moment um, with his with the Prophets and Patriots episode. But before I do that, we're going to play one clip of uh, today's uh, debuting of the American Warriors episode. So let me just read a little clip from that. Uh, Colonel Mike Brock, USMC retired, is a veteran of Vietnam, Desert Shield, Desert Storm, and Somalia Operation Restore Hope a career spanning 26 years of service in which he witnessed and participated in some of the most historic military events of the 20th century. This is uh, part one of of two parts. Let's see a clip from that. I would say it's more that you worry before you get into something. And then once you're in it, you're so busy, you don't have time to be scared anymore. 680100, South East. Emergency medevac, ASAP. So they became experts at putting up booby traps. Pull the wire and it would trip it. Traumatic amputation of the leg is what usually happened. Don't you know what's going on? I said, no, I don't. And he says, there's a war going on. Saddam Hussein has invaded Kuwait. They said, get back. Five warlords, Hadid, Ahmadi, Yusuf, Jess, fighting for control of Mogadishu or the country. I'm Mike Brock. I'm a retired Marine Colonel. I served 26 years. I'm a veteran of Vietnam, Desert Shield, Desert Storm, and Somalia. Uh, so today, which was Friday, I'm referring to, then that will be premiering. And as soon as you're finished with this episode, you can watch it on these two locations on the Rumble channel, rumble.com. You can type in American Warriors 22, or you can put slash American Warriors 22, or youtube.com American Warriors 22 as well. So hope you'll enjoy that. It looks very fascinating uh, to, to hear his story. So, all right. So without further delay, I'm, I think I've got my uh, announcements in. Let's bring in the Prophets and Patriots with Clay Clark. Here we go. Well, I should say good morning or good afternoon. It is afternoon when we're recording this, but this will air on Friday morning. So Clay, uh, uh, with your fire extinguisher stacked in the wall <laughs> behind you. Yeah. <laughs> why, why was that? What was it? Why were, Why do you have all those fire extinguishers? Tell our guests. Well, there's, there's, there's kind of three, three reasons here. Uh, I never really thought through it deeply, but here we go. Um, <laughs> I'm a little bit paranoid, you know, and I'm so every time I go to the store, if they sell a fire extinguisher, I'm going to buy one. Um, <laughs> and I own multiple companies. And the, over the years, we've had to use them on multiple occasions. Things have happened. You know, you have a lot of employees. So I love to have fire extinguishers everywhere. That's a kind of a thing. You've got a whole program of our planned. Yeah. I'm going to just turn it over to you. And uh, I've heard some hints about what we're going to learn today. So go yeah. for it. Well, what I'm going to do today is I'm going to try to do a weird format where I'm going to share with you because your listeners trust you and you have great discernment. I'm going to share some things that are troubling to me, but I want to get your take on this. So the first clip I'm going to play, and I believe I have screen share ability all set up here. So this first clip I'm going to share, and I want people to look it up. Okay, take notes, folks. Look it up right now. We're all going to go to Google or DuckDuckGo, and we're going to look up, just type it in, in Sinai, a prophetic call 
for climate justice. I want to be very clear. Between November 6th and 18th, the United Nations is hosting a conference called the COP27 at Egypt. And interfaith leaders are going to the top of Mount Sinai. Interfaith, the Interfaith Center for Sustainable Development is going to the top of Mount Sinai to unveil the new Ten Commandments. The climate. Are you kidding me? Oh, man, are you kidding? I'm going to hit play. The voice you're going to hear is from a show called Watchmen on the Wall, AT8, where he's just reading to you that which is openly being published and celebrated by the United Nations. Listen to this, folks. And again, I want you to just listen in, wrestle with it, folks. Take notes. Go back to it. And we're going to have some fun here. Here we go. Back it up. Here we go. There is a connection between the whole climate change agenda and the coming one world religion. Folks, you have got to see what's about to go down on Mount Sinai. Here's a recent article from Interface Center for Sustainable Development. Returning to Mount Sinai, a prophetic call for climate justice and ceremony of repentance. Sunday, November 13th, 2022, Mount Sinai, in parallel with the COP27 United Nations Climate Conference. In, in the Ten Commandments, you actually have an endorsement of slavery. In the Tenth Commandment, that thou shalt not covet, it says that you shouldn't covet your neighbor's slave, which implies that it's perfectly fine to have slaves. It's just not fine to covet your neighbor's slaves. This now, is- now, Steve, before I get your reaction to this, this guy, his name is Yuval Noah Harari. Now, I want to be very clear and very specific and very... Uh, methodical in how I explain this guy. He is the top advisor to the World Economic Forum. So Klaus Schwab, this is his top advisor, Yuval Noah Harari. And in 1971, Henry Kissinger told Klaus Schwab to start the World Economic Forum, and Henry Kissinger told Richard Nixon to get off the gold standard. This is the top advisor. He is praised by Obama, Zuckerberg, Gates, MIT, Stanford, and Harvard. He's referred to as the prophet he was on James Corden this week, Bill Maher this week. Gee. He is he sold 40 million copies of his books in the past 60 months. 40 million copies. Could you please I'd love to get your discernment, sir. What is the most concerning thing about a group of people unra- unveiling their new Ten Commandments from the top of Mount Sinai, the Interfaith Center for Sustainable Development? And you've all know Harari saying that the Ten Commandments promote slavery i mean uh, what 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 occurs to me is the is the whole what popped in my head as i'm listening to that as i'm sitting there seeing people worshiping the golden calf at the uh, at the same mountain making their own god of their own choosing and god came down and 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 people ended up dying because of that they they are creating their own god this god of climate change and uh, you may not put it in those terms, but that's what I'm seeing when you're talking about them. They're up on Mount Sinai where the law was given, and they're creating their own God to replace the God, the one true God. And I, again, I reason why I ask you is because your listeners, you have a relationship with them. Yeah. I'm just sharing with you, you facts here. So this is the next clip I want to pull up. Okay. Yeah. So Joe Biden, who's, by the way, and maybe, maybe someone out there thinks that I'm, I'm not being accurate, but Joe Biden's not known for being an eloquent speaker. Right. Yet the World Economic (laughs) Forum has a limitless budget. They bring in Joe Biden to be the keynote speaker in 2016 to speak specifically about 
the Great Reset, a.k.a. it's called the Fourth Industrial Revolution. Now, the World Economic Forum, the World Economic Forum, I'm just showing all this on the screen here, their logo is... 666. Just so we're very clear, their logo is 666. That's the World Economic Forum. Their logo is 666. They bring in Joe Biden to be the keynote speaker. Watch this. Industrial. Here we go. And I have to say, in my memory, you were one of the most engaged and hardest working participants. Okay. And he, he, he praises Joe Biden. Here at the annual meeting. I, I watched you. Uh, in the morning, this is 2016. So Joe Biden gets on the stage and listen to what at least we can understand what he's saying. But listen to what he says. Dr. Schwab, I'm flattered you'd ask me to keynote. Uh, there's an expression in my old neighborhood back in the United States. This may be above my pay grade. It's not above yours, though. You've written extensively on the topic that you've asked me to speak to. Mastering the fourth industrial revolution. Now, just so we're out there, so no one, I don't lose anybody here. There's a book you can buy right now. I encourage you not to buy it, but if you want to read it, you might want to. It's called COVID-19, The Great Reset. It's written by Klaus Schwab, and it's all about the fourth industrial revolution. It's called COVID-19, The Great Reset. <laughs> what is concerning about knowing that Joe Biden was the keynote speaker at the World Economic Forum? I mean, the guys, the, the guys that sell it. By the way, you know, we, we're seeing different Joe Bidens. That's the original Joe Biden. I don't know. Oh. You may not look at that, but we were looking at the comparisons. Oh. This is not what you were going to bring up, but uh, that's no. the original Biden, if you, if you ask me. But I, I just throw facts at you. Yeah, yeah, they sure are. That's not the same Biden that we see today. Um, we showed the comparison the other day. We had them side by side. You, you may not have seen that, but Derek Johnson was, was showing that. But. You know, this is the guy's a sellout. Now I don't, I don't have words, Clay. Now, next clip here. So, you know, Joe Biden again. He's, he's a speak, keynote speaker at the World Economic Forum. Again, the top advisor for the World Economic Forum is Yuval Noah Harari. And somebody says, "I need to know that name." Can you say it slowly? Yes, it's Yuval Noah Harari. And someone says, "What does that name mean, though? Like, what does it mean?" What, yeah. What does the name Yuval mean? Where did he come from? How did he become? Oh, okay, I'll, I'll tell you. Okay. So Yuval Noah Harari was working on this thing called Operation Gilgamesh. All right. He was a obscure professor working on this thing called Gilgamesh. All right. He's working on it. And uh, let me just show you an old school Yuval Noah Harari presentation. Okay. Here he is, 2013. Just watch him for a second. Yuval Noah Harari. And would the employer be entitled to favor somebody else, to give the job to somebody else because he likes her DNA more than he likes your DNA? Because you have your some suspicious gene, which is often connected with all kinds of, of, of uh, problematic behavior, so he prefers her. Would you be able in such a case to sue for genetic discrimination? Or would this be acceptable? Why not? If we have DNA, why not use it? And he's going on. He has. He just keeps talking about genetically modified uh, humans. He's talking about pushing towards the singularity. And this is this is Yuval Noah Harari. Operation Gilgamesh was his uh, claim to fame. Here, just listen to this. Of science, the human quest to overcome disease, to overcome death, the Gilgamesh project. Ask scientists was studying the genome, or ask scientists who try to connect a brain to a computer, 
or try to connect a mind inside the computer, why they do all this? Why do you want to do this? Nine out of ten times, you will get the So anyway, he catches the attention of this guy. The other book that I really enjoyed, uh, a book by an Israeli author, uh, Yuval Harari, called Sapiens. And uh, it, it's a sweeping history of the human race. So he hops into the world's consciousness. Everyone knows about him because Barack Obama endorses him, okay? But his name, Yuval, in Hebrew is Jubal, which means the father of music. Noah, like as in the days of Noah, Harari meaning mountain dweller. That's Yuval Noah Harari. So Yuval Noah Harari, this is him. Uh, this is what he said out loud during an interview at the New York Times Democracy. It's the New York Times Athens Democracy Summit. Watch this, folks. Well, I think maybe in a couple of decades when people look back, the thing they will remember from the COVID crisis is this is the moment when everything went digital. And if, this, is, this was the moment when every, everything became monitored, that we agreed to be surveyed all, all the time, not just in authoritarian machines, but even in democracies. And maybe most importantly at all, this was the moment when surveillance started going under the skin. Steve! Since uh, when did we agree to be surveilled? You know, that I, I've been involved in this, and I don't see... The masses agreeing. I do see too many people agreeing, you know, because that's basically what this, what this facts uh, did. But so you, you, you don't recall a moment where we all agreed to this. No, no. But he seems to be thinking that we're going to look back and say this was the moment in time where we agreed to be surveilled. Not only did we agree to be surveilled, but we agreed to put it under our skin. Now, we have this issue right now, this transgender thing going on. A lot of people are like, what's going on? Where did this come from? Why, why is this happening? Who's pushing this? What, what is this? Well, you've all know Harari. I'm going to this next clip here. He yeah. is openly stating outline. This is the man, by the way, who wants to re reintroduce new Ten Commandments. Okay, listen to this guy. This is you've all know Harari. Listen to this. With a sufficient advance, again, in biotechnology and in virtual reality, this clear-cut dichotomy of gender, of men and women, and, and so forth, it will no longer make any sense. Um, the most basic features of human identity, including gender identity, will become much, much more fluid than we were used to in previous centuries and, and millennia. So, uh, not that gender will disappear, but its meaning will be completely different. I mean, already today, when you uh, play a character in a virtual reality game, then you can choose a character with a different gender than your own. As a virtual reality becomes more and more important, and as biotechnology enables us to change things on the physical level, so you can change your genders as easily as you change your clothes. Steve, uh, what are your thoughts on the fact that he wants to end the clear-cut uh, definition of genders? I mean, I don't, Clay, what I don't understand is how does anybody be attracted to this man and what he's saying? Who who wants this? You know, it's the fact that Barack Obama would say this guy's got an endorsable book by him shows the evilness. I'm sorry, but the evilness of Barack Obama and this man, you know, there's two genders. God made male and female. 
Sorry, guys. Now, this thing called the Anthropocene, you know, in the Bible, it talks about, I'm going to quote this from the Bible. I want to be very clear. I'm going to read this from the Bible. Uh, this is Daniel chapter 7, verse 25. And anytime I read the Bible, folks, please assume that I'm not accurate, that I don't know what I'm talking about. Just take the high road, read the Bible. But it says, yeah. and he shall speak great words against the Most High and yeah. shall wear out the saints of the Most High and shall think to change the times and the laws and they, that then they shall be given into his hand until a time and times in the dividing of times. Well, I don't know a lot of mainstream people who are saying, you know, we need to get rid of law. We need to just totally change the legal system. But guess who wants to change the laws? Here he is again, top advisor for Klaus Schwab, praised by Obama, Zuckerberg, and Gates. Listen to this. Here we go. It will, it will demand a lot of changes in many fields. Uh, the most obvious is, is the legal field. The idea that we punish yeah. people for making bad choices, that's, that should be out. Okay. Oh, wait. I, just, I, Steve, he just said that we should change the laws. And stop punishing people for making bad choices. So you kill somebody, there's a bad choice. Don't, they shouldn't be punished them anymore, according to him. And he wants to roll on out a new period of time, okay? It's called the Anthropocene. Now, I want everyone to assume I'm crazy, okay? Again, it's so healthy, Steve. And you ask me, why do I have these fire extinguishers? It's because I'm kind of paranoid. But you know what? Mm. Over the years, I've had multiple instances. And Steve, you know this. You have large teams you work with. Anytime yeah. you have accidents happen, if you have hundreds yeah. of employees, it's statistically a higher probability that more accidents will happen. So I have more fire extinguishers. Okay, it's a little bit of paranoia on my part here, okay? But... The Anthropocene. It's on the World Economic Forum website. It says the Anthropocene. The Anthropocene. That's the, it stands for human controlled gene, a time where the humans will have a controlled gene. So let's go ahead and see. Yuval's uh, asked by this young lady, well, what is the Anthropocene? And this is what he says. Watch. You have a small elite that um, pushes things in its own interests, even if it doesn't benefit. The vast majority of the population. This has happened so many times previously in history, and it's probably going to happen again. Um, the one of the biggest dangers to the planet today is this technological utopia, because probably for the elite it will work. If bad comes to worst, and when the flood comes, the scientists will build the Noah's Ark for the elite, leaving the rest to drown, the rest of the people and the, the rest of the, of the ecosystem. But they are likely to be able to construct this technological Noah's Ark, which is probably what much of the elite is, is counting. In case our plants don't survive and become extinct, there is the global seed vault high up in the north of Norway. Which is owned by Bill Gates and the Rockefeller Foundation. This It's called the Svalbard Seed Vault. It's designed to survive the Anthropocene. In this bunker, around 10,000 different types of seeds are kept at low temperature to prevent plant species that are important for our food supply from disappearing forever. At least they have a lock on it. It safeguards our planet's biodiversity. These seeds will survive the Anthropocene. 
Steve, what are your thoughts about him wanting to usher us into a time period called the Anthropocene that he believes that most humans won't survive? Thanks for listening. The Elijah Streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, go to ElijahStreams.com slash give. Well, I mean, again, a couple of things. This is like this is like the next Tower of Babel. You know, if we can build a tower high, <clears throat> high enough, strong enough, uh, that we can survive, and you know, he, he used the word the elite. He's referring to himself and his cronies as the elites that are smart enough to build something uh, so that a few people can can live and survive. He's it's like he's he's inviting a worldwide flood. He used the word flood, and and a few of us elites will survive. I mean, this is just wickedness. Now, this right here, I want people to see this. I'm going to pull this next clip. Okay, so the queen, all people, these are all, I'm showing you these clips, Steve, but this doesn't take the place of your listeners who are discerning people to do their own research and look it up in the Bible, okay? I'm just stating facts to make it easier. So you go to June 2nd, 2022. This is on YouTube. You can find it right now. The queen, now for anybody out there that doesn't know, naturally occurring DNA, God created DNA, okay? We have, it's double-stranded. And when you put mRNA, that's, mRNA, that's the uh, uh, mRNA modifying nanotechnology, messenger RNA, that technology that's in the, the shots, a technology, uh, it creates what's called a triple helix. So I want people to watch this and really take this in, okay? Just watch it. So the queen is igniting. It's called the Castle Jubilee Beacon. This is on the YouTube channel for the royal family. Still there. So she's walking up. And I want people to understand, she's going to hit a button signifying the lighting of the triple helix, thus connecting the Anthropocene to the tree of knowledge, connecting humanity to the tree of knowledge. RNA modifying nanotechnology, connecting people to this. Just, I don't want people to watch it. Just understand it's the triple helix means you've had mRNA modifying nanotechnology put inside your body. If you don't believe me, read, go to time to freeamerica.com, time to freeamerica.com, and you can read the patents and see yourself. Here we go. Just going to hit the button. And this is connecting a triple strand to the tree of knowledge. You know the forbidden tree of knowledge, the forbidden fruit? Love to get your thoughts, Steve, on on just seeing that that video clip, the symbology. Just would love to just. It's bizarre. Did they call it a tree of knowledge or or? or... It's called the tree of trees. Yeah. So it's like the ultimate tree. Yeah. That's. I have never heard of this event happening. So. Yeah. No. And this is the kind of stuff that I research. This, you know, people say yeah. to me, Clay, how do you know Eric Trump or Cash Patel? And, and you've had some of these some of these people on your show. Yeah. People always say, Clay, how do you know them? I'm the researcher guy. We all have a lane in life. I've always been the researcher guy. It served me well in business, and I never thought yeah. God would be using my skills for this. Now, this next clip is going to be 
one of the more disturbing clips, it's not disturbing in like a way that's gross, but it's disturbing in a way that it's, if you read the Bible often, you'll go, that's not good. Okay. So, or maybe it is good. Maybe it's a good, good sign that, 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 because God wasn't surprised by these things. Maybe it's a good thing that God, you know, uh, I don't know. I just, I want people to, this is the King Charles here, formerly Prince Charles. Here it is, July 28th at the Commonwealth Games, the 22nd Commonwealth Games for 2022. You have these every few years. They've been going on the whole time. The Queen Elizabeth II was queen. It's the largest set of international games in the world after the Olympics. And this year they had uh, 72 nations and territories participating. Roughly, they estimate almost a third of the world's population potentially watching. Okay, the whole British Commonwealth. Uh, at this event, Prince Charles opened it in lieu of the Queen on her behalf. He oversaw the whole thing. He was there in person at the Alexander Stadium in Birmingham, Birmingham, England. We have to reduce emissions urgently and take action to tackle the carbon. Already. I'm dating these things so you can see kind of the timeline. So he said this before the Commonwealth Games. So I want people to understand a little context. Okay, this is a King Charles. What's who was Prince Charles? In the atmosphere. As we tackle this crisis, our efforts cannot be a series of independent initiatives running in parallel. The scale and scope of the threat we face call for a global systems level solution based on radically transforming our current fossil fuel based economy to one that is genuinely renewable and sustainable. We know this will take trillions, not billions of dollars. We also know that countries, many of whom are burdened by growing levels of debt, simply cannot afford to go green. Here, we need a vast military-style campaign to marshal the strength of the global private sector. With trillions at its disposal, far beyond global... Back it up, because somebody says, what did he just say? Who's he referring to? Let's watch it again. Here we go. Here, we need a vast military-style campaign to marshal the strength of the global private sector. With trillions at its disposal, far beyond global GDP and with the greatest respect beyond even the governments of the world's leaders, it offers the only real prospect of achieving fundamental economic transition. At that event, a giant Molech bull, 10 meters in height, was rolled out into the center of the stadium to be worshiped and to face a large recreated, rebuilt right there in front of everybody, mock Tower of Babel with shards in it. And it begins with a star exploding in our solar system. That's how they introduced this. A lot of CGI initially, they portray a star outside our solar system or maybe deep in our solar system blowing up past Saturn. And it explodes a bright star like Lucifer. That's what it is, exploding. And its shards fly through our solar system and they reach Earth and they land in all the nations of the Commonwealth. And these 72 quote unquote dreamers, New Agers, find these shards outside their homes. They retrieve them. The first person to do so is named Stella. She picks it up. It's lit, it's brightly lit. It's like a large quartz crystal that's 
bright white, lit as bright white, like a like a, an interior light, as it were, bright white. She picks this thing up and she prays to it, whispers to it and prays to it. Then she takes us back to her home. All these others, these 72 dreamers, there's 72 of them total, including her, pick their shards up and they take them to their homes. As soon as they do, there are anti-gravity effects in their homes. Things start to float in the air. And then their homes are lifted up off the ground with these people in them. And they float across the Commonwealth from other nations and across the UK, across seas and oceans and lakes and forests and so forth to Birmingham, England, to be over the stadium. All these homes floating over the stadium and then they land and the dreamers exit them in front of the audience and they have the shards in hand. The bull then comes onto the stadium pulled by slave women, slavish women on chains. The bull, they portray this, rebels and detaches from the chains. And these female slaves who've been driven like by somebody who's kind of like a Roman, you know, a demon, whatever, he didn't quite look like a Roman, are freed, right? So now the bull and these women are freed and they pretend they're afraid of each other. And the bull goes on to the center of the stadium and these quote unquote dreamers, these new agers encircle the thing. But initially before they do that, Stella comes with her crystal. She and five others, there are six of them, six of the dreamers, apart from these slavish women, who are behind now on the bull to other side, either side of it as it's moving, kind of charging actually into the center of the stadium. Okay. From the, from the ex, from the track, from just outside where it's entered, you know, now detached from its chain, no longer restrained. Okay. Charges into the center of the stadium. Stella wanting to appease this thing so that they're not killed by this Moloch idol goes with this new age crystal approaches it slowly with these five other dreamers. She's got the crystal in her left hand, and then she puts her hand up to the nose of the bull, and it bows down so that she can touch its nose with a crystal in her hand. She's the only one holding her crystal at that point. And the bull is, at least at that moment, appeased. And there's a whole backstory to this, and they say things, they announce things to the audience, you know, about peace, love, friendship, yada, yada, you know, conflict resolves slaves freed, all this kind of stuff. And as this is happening, the, uh, the slavish, and there are multiple stages to this, so I'm going to be skipping over some things, but this bull kind of calms down. It's facing the Tower of Babel this whole time. And at times there are flames like the towers, like the flames of hell all over this Tower of Babel, okay? You know, and it's facing this thing, the bull is. They encircle it multiple times and they literally worship it they've all got their crystals in hand they bow down to this thing steve i i know that somebody stumbled across this show and has no real context of Moloch and Baal and tower of babel uh i'd love to get your thoughts just to kind of discern because a lot of people have been google searching the commonwealth games of 2022 because it was just alarming to people how, how what do you make of that i mean if someone were watching this and didn't know about Worshipping Moloch and Baal and and uh, the the golden calf and, and things like that, they would think, well, this is some dramatic symbolic thing. But they're not. It's not some dramatic symbolic thing. They're worshiping this thing. Right. There. There. It is their god, and God only knows what all these different symbolisms are supposed to mean. But it's it's just, you know, 
talk about the worship of the beast in his image. I mean, that's what yep. we're seeing. That's an example of worshiping the beast in his image. Now, you go, if we're going to open our Bible, we're going to flip to the end now to Revelation. Now, for anybody out there that doesn't know, and Steve, please correct me if I'm wrong, but John uh, it was hard to kill. You know, they tried to boil him yeah, alive. Right. And, and so John was exiled to the island of Patmos because they didn't know what to do with him. He wouldn't die. Right. And so John has an open vision where God appeared to John and, and he gave him, gave him a vision. And that's the book of Revelation. And in the book of Revelation, if we open to Revelation chapter 17, verse 13, don't skip the whole book, but for anybody out there, just go to that specific passage, Revelation 17, 13. It says, these have one mind and shall give their power and strength unto the beast. These have one mind and shall give their power and strength unto the beast. Well, let's pull up this next clip. And it's uh, this is uh, Yuval Noah Harari. Again, he, he seems to be in the air everywhere. And I want to make sure we're getting this idea. He has a mentor by the name of Ray Kurzweil who's currently serving as the head, the director of Google Engineering. This is the top guy at Google. And I want you to hear what Ray Kurzweil has to say about the technology that's inside the shots. Uh, we will connect wirelessly our neocortex to the cloud. This is with nanobots that, exactly. that enter your, your neocortex. Right. This is and your prediction. For when? When is that? Just when, well, June 2033. Yeah. June, June 12th, 835 in the morning. Um, so we have 300 million modules in our neocortex, each of which can recognize a pattern. They're organized in this hierarchy. We create that hierarchy with our own thinking. But it's 300 million. So is that a big number or a little? Well, it was big enough for us to invent language and physics. But... Uh, it's also limited when you realize how long it takes to read a book or learn a language. We will be able to expand that, and that expansion will not be a one-shot deal. It'll be connected to the cloud. The cloud is pure information technology. One of my themes is that information technology grows exponentially. It roughly doubles in power every year. That's what the cloud is doing. The cloud is twice as powerful every year. And when we can connect and expand our neocortex in the cloud, it will expand without limit. Uh, and so we'll be funnier and we'll be sexier and uh, it'll be harder for you to win this prize again. Uh, <laughs> so so let, just to clarify what I think you just said, that in 20 years, plus or minus, so the mid-2030s, <clears throat> we will have nanobots that we can feed into our brain that directly connect to the cloud rather than through anything we carry in our pocket. And in that way, wirelessly, we can basically download entire books, entire languages, and we will then know these things just by the act of downloading them. Well, that's one implication. Into but, our brains. But we'll have more neocortex. So we won't be limited to a mere 300 million pattern modules. We'll have billions or 10 billion. But biologically or just simply because we have these nanobots? We'll have this extension that's non-biological. Non-biological, right. right. So, so I mean, this... this would be pretty useless if it didn't have an extension. I mean, you know, when you access all of Google... Yes, it would just be a gaming device otherwise, so, right. You know, you, you can access all of knowledge and... I got that. So, yeah. so isn't this like the scene in The Matrix where they, got, they sit in the chair and they upload... My, my favorite, one of my favorite lines of the film is Keanu Reeves you know, they, they, they teach him martial arts. Uh, and he says, I know Kung Fu. <laughs> and you mean I'm going to know, you know, or, or jujitsu, whatever. So in, in, in 20 seconds, he's now an expert. Are you telling me that's what's going to happen? 
the non-biological portion of our thinking will be able to download skills, right? So it, it will, first of all, it will definitely happen. I, I, I was talking about 6G earlier, which is around 20, 2030. I would say that by then, definitely the smartphone as we know it today will not anymore build. Let me be find my clip here. My, my clip might have escaped me here, Steve. Many of these things will be built directly into our, our, our bodies. And then, you know, he's got Neuralink where he's got, not only is he trying to bore a hole in the ground, he's trying to bore a hole in your head and suck your consciousness out. So you have, you've all know a Harari, his top, his, his top mentor is saying, we're going to connect brains to computers. That's what was you're hearing there. Then you have over here, the next clip here, you have Pekka Lundmark, the head of Nokia, saying that your smartphone's going to be in your brain. Well, it will definitely happen. I, 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 I was talking about 6G earlier, which is around 20, 2030. I would say that by then, definitely the smartphone as we know it today will not anymore be, be the usual kind of the most common interface. Wow. This, this, many of these things will be built directly into our, our, our bodies. This is the head of Salesforce talking about how Elon Musk is going to bore a hole into your head and suck out your consciousness. Uh, it, they're talking about these things as though they are um, going to for sure happen. And I don't think people have any idea of what this means. So again, Revelation 17, 13. Okay, and I want people to look this up. Also, Dr. Malone, this is the guy who is credited as having invented the mRNA technology. And he says this about the mRNA technology inside the shots. Listen to this, folks. There's a report from a joint report from the government of the UK and Germany about transhumanism. Mm -hmm. And uh, as you know, this is one of the agendas of the World Economic Forum. That's yep. not hidden. It's not a conspiracy. Transhumanism. And, and they talk about the RNA vaccines as an entry point. Uh, kind of opening that. Another person is Elon Musk. Uh, Elon Musk is saying right now that with the technology he's developing called Neuralink, they can send thoughts to your brain that are not your own. This is Elon Musk. This is the new owner of, of Twitter, the founder of Neuralink. Listen to this, folks. Sure, what would happen is true. And uh, we could actually send um, the, the true thoughts. That we can obviously have far better communication because we can convey the actual concepts, the actual thoughts uncompressed to somebody else. So non-linguistic, consensual, and conceptual <laughs> yes, telepathy. Exactly. <laughs> non-linguistic, non consensual, conceptual telepathy. There we go. In principle, you would be able to communicate uh, very quickly and with far more precision uh, ideas. Uh, and, and language would... I'm not sure what would happen to language. But you, you could probably, in a situation like this, that you would be able to just, it would be like, kind of like the Matrix. You, you want to speak a different language, no problem. Right. That's why it was downloaded the program. If you think about it, AI is actually the fastest path to communism. So if implemented correctly, AI could actually theoretically solve for abundance. Like we could totally get to a situation where nobody has to work. Everybody is provided for with a comfortable state of being, comfortable living. AI could automate all the farming, weed out systematic corruption, thereby bringing us to as close as possible to genuine equality. This is the girlfriend that he decided to have kids with. This is her back tattoos. He's wearing a coat right here that says New World Order on the back of it. And he's talking about being able to send signals to your brain that are not of your own. Steve, what, what's wrong with that? 
I mean, yeah, God created us to have free moral choices to decide on our own, you know, to obey, to not obey God, not not to hook up to some matrix. You know, that's this is closer to the matrix, which was the spooky thing where the the evil elite tap in and suck your, you know, live off of human tissue, basically. It sounds closer to that, you know. Jeez. Help Elijah Streams continue to reach people around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Visit ElijahStreams.com slash give and become a partner today. Now, right now, Yuval Noah Harari is telling people to not eat meat. He's really encouraging people to abstain from eating mm. meat. This is 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 through 3. It says, First Timothy, uh, First Timothy chapter four, verse one through three says, "Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devil, devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from eating meats." You've all know Harari keeps telling people to stop eating meats. He wants to ban the eating of meats. You've all know Harari keeps telling people to ban. Uh, to stop eating meats. Uh, he's saying we, we have to stop eating meats. We, it's very important we stop eating meats. Now, I want to cue up this sound clip here again. This is not a rando. This is a guy who's the top advisor for the World Economic Forum. Listen to what he has to say here, folks. Listen to this. Again, I think that the biggest question in, in maybe in economics and politics of the coming decades will be what to do with all these useless people. The problem is more uh, boredom. And how, what to do with them and how will they find some sense of meaning in life when they are basically meaningless, worthless? My best guess at present is a combination of drugs and computer games as a solution for more. It's already happening uh, in, 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 under different titles, different headings. You see more and more people spending more and more time or uh, solving the inner problems with uh, drugs and computer games, both legal drugs and illegal drugs. You look at Japan today, and Japan is maybe 20 years ahead of the world in, in everything, and you see all these new social phenomenon of, of people having relationships with virtual, uh, virtual spouses, and you have people who never leave the house and, and just live through computers. Steve, anything wrong with that? That you just... Any, just... Let me get your thoughts. <laughs> There's just nothing right with it at all. I mean, you know, God created us to live by the sweat of our brow, basically, or at least that's the that's the key, that's the age that we're in where we work. You mm-hmm. know, those who don't work don't eat, according to the Bible. Yep. It, you know, it's there's nothing biblical about it. It's it's antichrist in every possible way. What he's describing. And I'm going to throw out an idea for yeah. people, I want everyone, to discern this. Okay because I'm not a theologian. So here we go. I mean, that's a good thing. People have told me, a lot of pastors have told me this year, they said, I'm so glad you're not a theologian because you don't process the Bible through yeah. a theological um, uh, bureaucracy. That So I'm going, okay, that's good, maybe it's bad, but I'm just telling you, I know there's the Trinity, you got the Father, Son, Holy Ghost. And then there's this thing called the unholy Trinity, which is you know Satan, mm-hmm. the Antichrist, and the Antichrist prophet. It's my understanding. Someone can look that up later. Um, so uh, all I know is Daniel chapter 11, verse 37 says, he will claim to be greater than any God. I don't know a lot of people running around claiming to be better than God, but you've all know Harari openly states that he will be greater than God. Listen to Bible. Just as God in the Bible 
designs and creates animals and plants and humans according to his wishes. Now we are learning how to design and create life. The big question is what kind of gods we will be. Will we be merciful and wise gods? Or will we be uh, petty, vengeful, and irresponsible gods? Uh, Steve, any, any, any commentary on that? Well, first of all, he said we're learning to create and design life. Where, where, where's his first example of what life he has created? He hasn't created life. Nobody creates life. You can't create life. Life comes from God. So it's, he's, he's just blowing smoke to even make a statement like that. And everything else is built on that statement. One of the things that's disturbing to me about all this, which is disturbing, is that a lot of pastors, and it wasn't for programs like yours where Robin Bullock will come on and, and talk about these concepts, you just don't see a lot of um, people willing to discuss these things. Meanwhile, they are being discussed without any reservation at the World Economic Forum. So you've all know Harari. There's a documentary made about him. I want people to listen to this. And this is this is how they view him. They they view you've all know Harari. They, as in Klaus Schwab, Obama, Zuckerberg, Gates. They view him as the prophet. They refer to him as the prophet. Listen to this next clip, folks. This is going to blow your mind. Historian Yuval Harari has developed his vision of the future by studying the past. His Israeli roots are of crucial importance to the formation of his view of the future. He's now using all of that knowledge to give us his vision for the future. Uh, with especially the rise of brain-computer interfaces and biometric sensors and so forth, it is very likely that within, say, 50 years, people will literally be part of a network. All the bodies, all the brains would be connected together to a network and you won't be able to survive if you're disconnected from the net because your own body parts, your own immune system, perhaps depends on being constantly connected to the colony, to the network. Steve, any thoughts there on that? On that, I mean, it's like doing the it's like the Matrix movie backwards. Instead of discovering that you you're a part of this matrix and you want to get out of it, he's he's. He's encouraging everybody to want to get in and hooked up and 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 telling us they won't we won't be able to survive unless we're all hooked up together, our brains, our body parts. It's sick. It's a sick, it's a sick thing. It's very sick. Now, now, Steve, one of the things that we have at the Reawaken American Tour, I'll pull up this next clip so people can see it at the Reawaken American Tour is people always ask me, what is your motive? What is your deal, dude? Why are you doing this? Yeah. Um, I'm doing this because. The profits have been put in uh, the backup role. So imagine you had a football team, all right? And the best player on the field, we'll call him the running back, should you want the best players on the field to win. I mean, you want the running back, the best athlete on the field to win the game. And the, 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 the best players, in my, in my opinion, this is my opinion, this is my bias, I believe that we need to be, if you look at the Bible and you look at the leaders that did well, they listened to the prophets. So I believe Robin mm -hmm. Bullock, Amanda Grace, uh, they should be on the scene. So when you see photos of President Trump, you know, in the White House, I believe a lot of the leaders, the pastors that should be surrounding him should be the prophets that are unapologetically sharing the truth. A lot of people that you happen to have on your on your program, like the in-laws. 
And what I see, and I'm not attacking people specifically, is I see a lot of people like Mike Pence. And I'm not attacking people, plural, specifically. I'm just going after Mike Pence right now. I see a lot of people like Mike Pence that, you know, certified a fraudulent election and he got that bizarre coin in his hand. If you haven't seen that, go to BitChute or Rumble. And t- have you seen that, Steve? No, I have not seen that. I don't know. Oh, boy. Is. Okay. So let me do this. Let's go here to BitChute, which is kind of like uh, where you go if you really want to find clips that are getting deleted everywhere. And I'm just going to type in Pence coin. So right after the fraudulent election was uh, certified by Pence, he gets this coin. Watch this. He certifies the fraudulent election. He gets a coin. Watch him. Oh, he gets a coin in his hand. Nancy Pelosi now elbow bumps him to celebrate. She comes over. Hey, look at that. Hey. hey well. So I see, you know, bad counsel around the president. You know, mm. as for a companion, a fool shall suffer harm. That's the Proverbs. Um, I'm just trying to get the prophets in position that in the event that President Donald J. Trump does return to his rightful seat as the duly elected president of the United States, I do believe that he needs to have wise counsel. That's my my entire, that's my role in this Reawaken mm. America. So I try to get guys like you to come to these events um, to share the truth. But the, the reality is, and this will be a little secret between you and me and the listeners out there, most people don't come to see me or the prophets. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being real. People show up because they want to see Eric Trump or Mike Lindell or General Flynn or, you know, mm-hmm. names they know, Jim Brewer, the comedian, or even Sean Foyt, the praise and worship leader. But they tell me some of the most impactful speakers they hear are the prophets. Mm. You see, between this little secret, folks, I've got to get about a million people to watch. And I've got to get about 10,000, 5,000 people. Depending upon the venue, we've had you know 8,500 people in Tampa. We have 5,000 people at some places, 6,000 in Idaho, Washington. And then I just try to share the truth. But a lot of people listen to this show have no idea what's going on in the political world. And mm-hmm. a lot of people that are in the political world have no idea what's going on as it relates to the prophetic world. Yeah. And we got to get the truth out there. So let me play the, my final clip here. This is my final clip here. I'll pull it up here. This is uh, just kind of a sign of the times. And I want people to really look at this video. And think about it. Use your discernment and pray on it and think about it and just use your Bible. Here we go. Okay, CERN, the world's largest supercomputer, has a logo 666. The God of Shiva is in front of CERN, the God of destruction. Is it a positive thing? Is it a good thing? Bad thing? Probably bad. Bad thing. Google Chrome logo is 666. Anytime you're a logo designer, don't stay away from the the symbol of 666. Just a pro tip. World Economic Forum, their logo is 666. The World Economic Forum logo. Look at it, folks. 666. These are the people leading the Great Reset here. HR 6666 is the legislation that would force you to put the shots inside your body. That's what it's called. You can look it up. Patterns. Patterns. HR 666. That's the legislation that would criminalize Christianity, by the way. Thought crime. HR 666. It's actually been written. It's been sitting there waiting for an emergency. The word Corona is 666. C's a 3, O's a 15, R's an 18, O's a 15, N's a 14, A's a 1. Add it up. It's all right there. Yeah. Wow. WWW, like World Wide Web, in Hebrew, W6. So WWW666. It was created by CERN, which has a 666 mm. logo. Mm. CERN's located on top of the former Temple of Apollo. The Euphrates River is dried up, Revelation chapter 16, verse 12. It's drying up right now. 
It's fact. Again, if you don't read the Bible, it's like you can't see these things. You know, Iran, Turkey, Russia, they're building this weird relationship right now. Kind of an anti-God, BRICS nations, Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa are all teaming up with Saudi Arabia right now to de-dollarize the world. And I'm not saying that it's a, a doomsday thing. I'm not saying that God's coming back tomorrow. But what I am saying is there's a sign of the times. And God doesn't do anything that he doesn't do. God won't do anything that he hasn't showed the prophets first. That's my yeah. understanding. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not going to sit back and watch this great country disappear. I'm going to pull this up real quick here. I have five wonderful kids, and I'm not going to lose this freedom and turn over a communistic country to my kids. I'm not going to do it without, A, fighting back with the truth. I'm not talking about physical violence. I'm just talking about fighting back, sharing the truth. Mm-hmm. Be sharing the truth in the air everywhere. And, and next, we're going to do some baptisms. And I don't think people understand that about the two or the media, the mainstream media. Washington, it's so fun to watch the mainstream media. They show up and they go, wait a minute. You're having baptisms here? What are you doing? This is just an example. Rochester, wow. nearly 400 baptisms. And the media is like, why are you doing baptisms at your tour? I thought this was a political thing. You know, we had the Washington Post, the uh, BBC, German mainstream media, Fox, uh, NPR, we had New York Times. And you know, this just in, one of the reporters asked if they could be baptized. Really? Yeah. Wow. It happens. And, wow. you know, it's, it's a thing where the people behind the cameras for the mainstream media, they are children of God. And they just happen to pick the wrong career at the wrong time and the wrong profession. They haven't read the Bible in a while. So we've got to wake up people. And I just encourage people, if you come to the Reawaken America tour, yes, it is very true. We're going to share the truth about medical fraud, election fraud, all these things. But at the end of the day, my main reason for doing this is I believe the only way we're going to have salvation is by sharing the gospel with this nation. We've got to get to a place in space where people fear the Lord and only the Lord. I'm going to pull one more clip here for you, Steve. This is a little 30-second clip here. from. Uh, this is from Batavia. And the, it goes up. There are 400 baptisms in uh, right. Pennsylvania. It's from P- Pennsylvania. Mannheim. And the owners of this facility, they're like, I've never seen an event like this. There's thousands of people, and it's like Eric Trump and General Flynn and Cash Patel. And, and all I can say is we're doing this to get people back to Proverbs 9.10, where it says, for the, it says, for the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. And so for anybody out there, if you're saying, well, I want to know what this is all about, what you'll do is you go to timetofreeamerica.com. Uh, the mainstream media can't handle it, Steve. They've recently found out that we don't make money at these. You know, they've been surveying all the vendors, the speaker companies, the porta potty companies, and they're finding out what I paid them, you know, the companies that do the sound and the lighting and the porta potties and the security and they're running around. They're actually asking the, the mainstream media, to their credit, came up to me and they said, can we ask your guests what they paid for a ticket? I said, sure, it's a you know, free country, whatever. And they're asking people, what did you pay? And people are like, well, $7, $17, $100, $400. Yeah, I paid $500. Yeah, I paid $27. Yeah, I paid $1,000. We're doing the math and we're finding, out, we're finding out that the average person appears to be paying about $60 or $70. You're not making any money, are you? I go, no. Hey, why are you doing it? I said, we're trying to reawaken America. That's why Kim Clement's daughter, the late great prophet, Kim Clement's daughter, Don A. Clement's on the tour. That's why Pastor Greg Locke's on the tour. Mike Lindell, General Flynn, Simone Gold, Stella Emanuel. 
And if anybody goes to Time to Free America, Steve, if they go there right now, we're going to be going to Branson in just uh, 24 hours. I leave in a white van with General Flynn, eight-seat white van, cloth interior with General Flynn. And then we got Nashville coming up in January. But Dr. David Martin, Jim Caviezel, Karen Kingston, Jim Brewer, Sean Foyt, yourself, Bobby Kennedy Jr., they've all been on the tour. The lineup is epic. Cash Patel, Don Jr., We've had President Trump call in, I think, at three different events to say hello to the audience. Um, and there's a momentum behind it, and, and it's an anointed thing. It's not about me. My job is just to be the organized, aggressive guy. But I just encourage everybody, come join us in Branson, Missouri, here in a couple That's days. Good. We've got just last, before I hopped on the studio here, I thought we had 24 tickets left for the Reawaken America Tour Branson. And then the tickets are on sale for Nashville. And these events are life-changing events. But what I wanted to do to today, Steve, and I appreciate you letting me be here with you, I just wanted to share with you facts. Yeah. in scripture and i hope everybody goes and reads the entire chapter that we reference and not just the verse and that people do their research because um god wasn't surprised by these events and i know that jesus is king and at the end we win this thing and i just hope that these signs of the times waken your family and friends up to the fact that yeah. that, that god is real yeah yeah very sobering stuff and i mean i do encourage people to to research it you have you have um Hit that really hard and strong about Klaus Schwab and uh, Noah Harari, Uval Noah Harari. It's kind of hard to say all that together. Better if you can't. But to realize what they, <laughs> what he's literally trying to do, and who he's claiming to be, and and what power he claims over God, and the fact that people of great fame and fortune practically worship at his feet. I'm going. What is wrong? Um, with some of these people listening to that and being attracted to it at all is bizarre to me. But, uh, you know, as believers, we know we know God's on the throne. We know he wins, but it's good to be aware of what's going on. We need to be aware of what's going on. So, Steve, yeah, it's an effective evangelism tool, by the way, too. It's an effective evangelism tool because I meet people at the tour and yeah. they come to me and they say, you mean we can't put our faith in the Federal Reserve? Yeah. You, you mean we can't put our faith in the CDC? You mean we can't put our faith in self-help gurus well we're and, and people and when the when the pastors get up there and they ask they say if you want to commit your life to christ to know where you're going and you want to commit your life to christ to know where you're going to go for eternity hands go up everywhere steve i mean it's unbelievable how many salvations we've had over a thousand people give their life to christ at one event alone and this is our 17th event in branson so wow. I'm just, that's just the ones we know about in person so uh, it's a great way to wake people up you share with them the truth and then you share the gospel, and and yeah. it turns out uh, these things were prophesied in the Bible. So good, so good, uh, Clay. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Uh, um, and a quick reminder to our audience: uh, you do have some tickets left. It's time to freeamerica.com. That's where they go. Yeah, time to freeamerica.com. And I always tell people this is my cell phone number. We'll keep that private between you and me and people that love <laughs> Jesus. But my phone number is nine one eight eight five one zero one zero two. If you've text that number, text the number nine one eight. Eight five one zero one zero two. It's kind of like the fast lane in traffic, zoom, and you can text in to request those tickets because every event does sell out. And uh, we're already, we're just, I would say by the time the show comes out, we'll probably have, you know, five tickets or ten tickets or some small number of tickets left for Branson. And then we have Nashville, and Nashville's going to be epic. Pastor Greg Locke is hosting us, and we're so excited to be there. Wow, awesome, awesome. All right. Oh, thank you. And uh, so this is you're seeing us on Friday, so Monday. Uh, the next show is with Johnny Enlow Unfiltered on Monday. So we will see you all Monday morning. Thanks again, Clay. We love you. Take care, boss. Okay, see you later, Kate. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 
This has been Elijah Streams. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can listen to the Elijah Streams podcast at ElijahStreams.com on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Join us live every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific time at ElijahStreams.com on Rumble and Facebook. Elijah Streams is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahStreams.com slash give to become a partner today.